Chapter Eleven of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven: Reaping Thorns. Marjorie Edmonds was in her room alone. It was late, and the house was still. The door which communicated with her mother's room and which generally stood wide open was closed. I will open it, mother," Marjorie had said when I am ready for bed. I want to write in my diary first and do a few little things, and I'm afraid of disturbing you. And then she had kissed her good night with a smile. But the mother had sighed after the door was closed. She knew that Marjorie had other things to think about besides her diary. She knew that her heart was ill at ease, and the mother felt so little in sympathy with the struggle which was going on, that she must keep away from it. It was three weeks since that eventful nutting party had gone merrily on its way, without a thought of the day being seriously connected with the future of any of its members. Yet Marjorie had known few happy moments since that day. Indifferent as she had appeared to Ralph Bramlett, if that young man had been ever so slight a student of human nature, he would have seen that her very indifference was an indication of strong feeling. Indignation might be natural and pardonable under the circumstances, but Marjorie Edmonds was not the girl to put away thus suddenly the playmate of her childhood and the companion and confidant of her girlhood without keen pain. There had been no deliberate intention of putting him away. There had been at first only strong indignation. He deserved the fright she gave him. He deserved the coldness with which she had greeted him that afternoon. What young woman who respected herself could do less than that? She had asked herself, as she closed the store door and made her way through the crowds of Christmas shoppers, thinking not of the purchases she had come to make, but of the young man outside. Yet even then she felt, rather than planned, that this sort of thing should not last. Ralph would call to see her, of course, probably that afternoon on his way home, or certainly in the evening. Then they would talk matters over. He would explain to her why he had been so hateful the other day, and now she more than half surmised the reason. He did not want me to be annoyed by Estelle's absurdities, said this forgiving heart he would make it all plain to her and ask her to forgive him and then after he had humiliated himself quite as much as he should she would softly admit that her part of the performance had been rash and cruel that she was sorry for the fright she gave him then she would tell him how frightened she was and how she had thought at the time that if he were only walking beside her she would not be afraid of anything why, it would all be made up between them, of course. How absurd in friends of their standing to quarrel over a trifle! For even at that early day, Marjorie began to try to call Ralph's treatment of her a trifle. If he had called that evening, she would have been almost ready for him. But he did not. He went to New York. When Marjorie heard that, she was startled. Ralph must be very much hurt indeed to go out of town without seeing her. If she had known that he was going away, perhaps she would not have responded so coldly to his good afternoon. She heard also that he had been ill, 
which accounted she believed for his not coming at once to see her she thought much about him during the next two days had ralph taken that midnight train from new york as he at first planned and called upon her the next evening she would have been quite ready for him and all the soothing words he had imagined as flowing from her lips would doubtless have been heard but he did not come and she heard through estelle douglas that he had gone to new york for the winter and he did not write two weeks went by and then suddenly one morning ralph passed the house on the opposite side of the street he was talking with estelle douglas and as they walked slowly by neither of them raised their eyes to her window then marjorie began to grow indignant over again if ralph meant to cast her off in this way because she chose not to leave her mother all night after he had failed her then he might she was willing she drew herself up proudly and looked after the slow walkers with dry eyes and glowing cheeks but this mood did not last she was sure ralph must misunderstand he could not know how she had longed to get home and how she had suffered in coming perhaps he knew nothing about it perhaps he imagined that mr maxwell had called for her by appointment and taken her home people will imagine anything said poor marjorie when they are excited by degrees it almost began to seem to her that ralph was the injured one and that she ought to speak some word which would reach his ears meantime the mother looked on and was sometimes sympathetic and sometimes indignant and all the time miserable it has doubtless been discovered before this that ralph bramlett was not mrs edmund's choice for her daughter in truth the daughter by no means made it manifest that he was her own choice but the mother looking on feared exceedingly yet was afraid to speak lest that which she feared would be precipitated thereby they are only boy and girl friends she told herself encouragingly at times but at other times she realized that boys and girls grew to be men and women at least two years before this time she had felt sure that her daughter had outgrown ralph bramlett but the daughter had not discovered it what if she should never discover it then the mother wondered if ralph bramlett could not be made to grow even to overtake her daughter to this end she had set herself to work to try to bring all wise influences to bear upon him but ralph although it may be hoped that he did not know it was skilful in putting aside wise influences when the nutting party came and the break which grew out of it this mother secretly rejoiced when ralph went to new york without word or sign she was of course indignant with him for her daughter's sake but secretly glad too for her sake if only he would stay away and write no letters in the course of time her daughter's self-respect would assert itself and she would realize that she had been tossed aside in a pet but now he had returned and had been at home for a week and some astounding things had occurred for the first day or two following the young man's return marjorie had been nervous to a degree that no one had ever observed in her before she had started and grown pale at every sound of the doorbell 
and had been at all times on the alert for something to happen something happened but it was not what she had expected does what we are expecting ever happen ralph bramlett did not call but estelle douglas did of course you know the latest item of news she said indeed i suppose you knew it long before we did and of course you approve or it never would have been done but i confess i was astonished when i heard it that is very interesting laughed marjorie or it would be if i had an idea what you were talking about i cannot recall any item of news oh my dear little marjorie you mustn't tell fibs and you a descendant of the puritans such an unnecessary fib too do you expect me to imagine for a moment that ralph bramlett transacts important business without your knowledge now the form in which marjorie edmonds's pride was besetting her at this time was that she could not endure the thought of having estelle douglas know that she did not understand ralph's affairs as thoroughly as usual so to this sentence no other reply could be made than a half-laughing non-committal one estelle pressed the point tell me honestly marjorie were you not surprised and a good deal disappointed when he told you about it i said you would never consent to it and that i did not believe ralph would go contrary to your wishes of course it is a wholesale business and all that and ralph is only the bookkeeper he will have no more to do with selling the stuff than we shall but still this was growing alarming mrs edmonds in the next room caught through the open doorway a glimpse of marjorie's paling face and came to the rescue are you talking of ralph's latest business venture she asked appearing at the door and speaking as calmly as though she had known for weeks all that there was to know concerning it yes said estelle turning eagerly to a new medium for her coveted information what did you say to it mrs edmonds mother and i said that mrs edmonds would be shocked that young people might comfort themselves with the thought that a bookkeeper in a distillery had nothing to do with the liquor business but that women of mrs edmonds's stamp would not take it so calmly you are right said mrs edmonds in her quietest tone i do not approve of it at all mother began marjorie turning glowing cheeks toward her do you think and then she stopped what she began to say was do you think that we need to discuss ralph bramlett's affairs with outsiders but the manifest rudeness of such a sentence both to her mother and their guest arrested her lips in time instead she said do you think i ought to try to get that letter off by this mail yes said mrs edmonds it will save twenty-four hours if you do estelle will excuse you for a few minutes and marjorie ran away the letter was one which could have waited but the mother felt that her daughter could not endure more just then and it was undoubtedly true that twenty-four hours could be saved by mailing it now so she spoke only truth when the door closed after marjorie she turned quietly to estelle this is a very sudden movement upon ralph's part the tone was ambiguous it might have a slight rising inflection 
but it was not intended to inform the guest that mrs edmonds knew nothing about the matter and was seeking information i suppose so said estelle i did not know how long he had been planning it i heard of it only yesterday i must say i was surprised and yet in a sense i wasn't he was so dreadfully disappointed about that new york affair you know and he hates farming then too i suppose it is quite necessary that he get to work in some way the bramlett farm is all run down people say this will be only temporary of course but it is a great temptation to a young man he will have a very good salary it was a settled thing then at least estelle douglas thought so mrs edmonds had continued in her very quiet way to get without appearing to what information she could without giving any when marjorie returned the letter having been posted she was as quiet and uninteresting as her mother they take it very differently from what i supposed they would estelle reported at home even mrs edmonds it seems is willing to have him get fifteen hundred a year in these hard times but they have been such a fanatical temperance people always that i must say it astonished me oh mrs edmonds said she did not approve of it but marjorie coloured up and looked annoyed at her for even that though she said it quietly enough and this was all that estelle had learned in the edmonds home utmost quiet reigned after the caller's departure marjorie had her sewing and she sewed steadily and silently for some minutes then she said timidly mother why don't you say something mrs edmonds turned from her cutting table and smiled tenderly on her daughter what should i say little girl you do not believe that absurd report about ralph i suppose i am afraid it is too true dear estelle was not only thoroughly posted but seemed to think that we were also she says he is regularly engaged as bookkeeper on a salary of fifteen hundred dollars but mother it is too absurd ralph a bookkeeper in a distillery he is a temperance man mrs edmund's lip curled a very little she could not help it she turned quickly back to her table to hide the curl she wanted to say he is not a man at all he is only a grown-up boy with feelings instead of convictions and he can therefore be swayed by the passing moment in any way that the current happens to be the strongest but she forbore and took refuge again in silence mother burst forth marjorie again i think it is dreadful in you to listen to that girl's gossip about ralph if he has made her believe that he is about to do some desperate thing like that he has been driven to it by disappointments and annoyances but i do not believe she has any foundation for her story you do not know estelle so well as i do to put it mildly she is very careless with her statements jumps at conclusions and reports as facts statements which are made sometimes in mere sport ralph has perhaps gotten off some nonsense to her which with her usual haste she has made into a story and rushed to tell i think i shall write a note to him mother and tell him what an absurd report is being circulated then was mrs edmonds dismayed a note to ralph written in the style in which marjorie could write it 
would be likely she felt to put matters on the old footing between them and from this her heart shrank with ever-increasing pain i thought daughter she said trying to keep her voice from expressing either pain or annoyance that ralph's treatment of you had been such as to make note-writing to him out of the question at least until he apologized but the daughter had made a movement of impatience as she replied oh mother i don't feel about that quite as i did i begin to understand it better ralph probably wanted to shield both himself and me from estelle's witty and disagreeable tongue i am sure after my experience this morning with her i ought to be able to sympathize with him in any case it does not seem to be just the right thing to let such a matter make trouble between friends of a lifetime it wouldn't be a very christian-like way to manage would it when marjorie said that she felt that it ought to close her mother's mouth she made no pretensions to being a christian herself but surely her mother ought to be glad when she tried to govern her life by such principles and mrs edmonds not in the least convinced felt nevertheless that once more the time had come for silence marjorie wrote the note and brought it to her mother to read dear ralph it commenced but that of course was nothing notes with more or less frequency had passed between these two ever since they had learned to write and they had always been dear ralph and dear marjorie the mother believed that if they were children again she would order her daughter's course differently was she beginning to reap what she had sown but the note was simple enough marjorie ignored any trouble between them i am writing a line in haste she said to tell you of a ridiculous rumor which i heard but this morning to the effect that you are going into the liquor business or into a clerkship with liquor dealers which is much the same thing of course i do not credit it but thought i would give you a friendly hint of what tongues are busy about i suppose you have been very busy since your return but is it not nearly time for you to remember that you have friends living on maple avenue a very simple note but the mother was bitterly disappointed in it what more could a young man desire surely she must protest even though she precipitated what she most feared her duty ought to be done daughter she began hesitating and trying to choose her words with utmost care are you not afraid that a young man like ralph bramlett will take advantage of such a note as that under the circumstances marjorie opened her eyes wide in astonishment i do not understand she said what advantage could he take it is like dozens of notes that i have written him before i know and for that very reason is encouraging you and ralph cannot remain children you have grown up and he is of the age when one looks for at least a dawning of manhood in a heedless boy many things can be overlooked which in a young man are almost unpardonably rude ralph was certainly very rude to you and you felt it keenly yet you have written to him as though nothing had happened and he was at liberty to be on the old footing without a word of apology 
again that movement of impatience and the daughter spoke in a tone which her mother did not often hear mother how can you be so hard upon ralph when you have known and cared for him ever since he was a little boy he does not think of me as a young lady with whom he must be ceremonious i was foolish to make so much of what was so small an affair when one comes to consider it how could he do as i wished without regard to the others i suppose if the truth were known i am the one who ought to apologize for he must have been dreadfully frightened about me every uttered word seemed to make matters more hopeless from the mother's standpoint she resolutely closed her lips resolving that no provocation should induce her to say more at this time nay to marjorie's somewhat timid question put a few minutes later mamma do you really disapprove of my sending the note she forced herself to reply oh i presume not daughter as you say it is a matter connected with a boy and girl friendship instead of between a lady and a gentleman i presume ralph thinks of you in the light of a sister and some boys think they can be rude to their sisters whenever they feel like it poor marjorie had said nothing of this kind but her poor mother liked to think that she had End of chapter eleven